You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to another edition of NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. NFL Reacts is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. We have a fresh batch of NFL Reacts polls to get to this week. And of course, we'll get to our pick three and get you set up in your daily lineups headed into week seven. But we've got to get into Thursday night football for a little bit. The Denver Broncos and uh, the Denver Broncos lost to the Cleveland Browns. Dearness Johnson put in the work for your fantasy rosters if you're lucky enough to grab him this week. And then we'll get into what is bye week hell in week seven. And the Eagles really, really promised they're going to run the football with Miles Sanders this week. Hopefully they're listening to the podcast. So we'll get into that. We've got a ton to talk about. We do need to ask you guys. If you listen to this fine podcast, please leave a five-star review with some kind words about your listening experience. Well, let's get to it. I need to welcome in Kate Madruk of DK Nation, as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. Dearness Johnson is a man. He is a baller. He went nuts on Thursday night football, 22 carries, 146 yards, and the Denver Broncos have now lost four in a row after starting 3-0. and how do we feel? What are our takeaways? What did we learn about these two teams on Thursday night football? I learned that the Browns are good. The Broncos are bad. And Dearness Johnson is amazing. Like this dude was uh, so freaking perfect. Uh, I've seen all the, all the posts, all the reactionary tweets on Twitter uh, saying that, you know, Nick Chubb, like watch out Nick Chubb. No, uh, this is just like a really, really freak. Freaking fantastic uh, rushing system. We always talk about Kyle Shanahan. I think we really need to just, uh, you know, acknowledge that maybe Kevin Stefanski is still, you know, like Kyle Shanahan, one of those guys that any running back in the system, let's just toss them into our lineups if they're going to get the start that week because um, the, the, I mean, they, they just are dedicated to running the ball, but my Lord, I just like the whole time I was watching the game, I couldn't stop thinking about, what a waste uh, to bury Dearness Johnson on the depth chart there in Cleveland. Um, and I was just trying to think of some uh, some other team that can make the trade for Deontay or uh, Dearness Johnson because, like, I, I just want to see this guy play football. He was so fun to watch. Yeah, and you always love to see those kind of stories. You know, he he was kind of a backup at South Florida behind Marlon Mack, who in and of himself was a pretty good running back and, you know, was drafted highly in the league. And he ended up going to the a, uh, the AAF, which, you know, they, they've produced some guys into the league. And I think it just kind of shows like how deep the talent pool for football is. But 
guys just need reps, right? I mean, how many people were talking about Dearness Johnson before today? And now probably every team in the league has him as like a rosterable player because they have film on him. So it's just, it's just always nice to see, you know, a guy stepping up into that situation where that is kind of like career defining, right? Like Dearness Johnson, maybe he's going to be in the league for like the next three years. That probably wouldn't have happened without this effort today. So, or yesterday. So. It was really nice to just see the Browns get a win because they were one of my favorite teams in the AFC coming into the season and they desperately needed this one. And it would have been totally understandable for them to just lose this football game with all the injuries that they were dealing with. And according to Jay Glazer last night, uh, Baker Mayfield's also dealing with a fracture in his shoulder on top of a torn labrum that needs to heal before he can get back on the field. So it could be a little bit before we see Baker Mayfield uh, get get things going again for the Browns. And then we know Kareem Hunt's out for a couple of weeks at least. Nick Chubb hopefully is going to come back soon. Kevin Stefanski just rocks. Like they, they were missing starting offensive linemen. They've been banged up and it doesn't even matter. Their blocking scheme is just like, whatever. We'll just put bodies out there and we know that our system works and we will just pound you in the rushing game. And it doesn't even matter if we have Case Keenum under center. So I, I love to see that from the Browns. I, I do want to take a look at the Broncos here. Three and four now, losers of four in a row. And the final score was 17 to 14, but it was not a close game. Like the Browns were in control of this thing for a majority of the time with Case Keenum as their quarterback. Their defense looks bad. Von Miller left the game hurt. And that was supposed to be the strong part of this Denver Broncos team. And I just can't help but wonder, like, what would Justin Fields look like throwing to Cortland Sutton instead of Teddy Bridgewater, who is just he's hurt, but just does nothing exciting. And their offense just looks absolutely terrible. I mean, the play calling, too, just doesn't doesn't seem to make sense that they were trying to establish the run. Um, you know, I thought when Teddy Bridgewater was like given a little bit more room to air it out in the second half. Uh, he looked he looked much better. Um, and I think that's the way to attack the Cleveland Browns is to do so uh, more through the air than I would I would try, you know, on the ground there against that defensive line. But I, it just seemed like a really mishmash game plan just didn't seem like, uh, you know, they they were in a, a hurry. Uh, there was this one play where um, it was it was just before half and uh they just really didn't make any sort of an effort to, you know, they could have used a timeout there. I uh, didn't make any sort of an effort to uh, move the ball down the field and try to get like a field goal before half. They just didn't care. Um, and if you saw, if you watch uh, Javante Williams reaction, he like rushes the ball. Uh, he had gotten a carry and was super excited because it was a nice one. And he brings the ball back. He rushes it. He's like ready to run another play. He's like, let's try, let's do so. And, they just killed it. They just, they were like, nah, nah, nah. Like I, it, it, I just, I, I don't like watching the Broncos play football. I don't necessarily think that Teddy Bridgewater is a huge problem, but it just, it's not working guys. It's not working. Yeah. It seemed like they kind of went into the game thinking that their offense had the advantage or at least like that's kind of how they were playing. And Hey man, you got to adjust if, if you're thinking that. Cause that certainly wasn't the case. And I, I thought like, you know, with JLK, the rookie uh, linebacker, who's just great in coverage, he probably would have been, 
it's probably him and Parsons and Sertan, I would say, are probably the best defenders, uh, rookie defenders in the league at this point. With him being out, I thought they were going to test him more in the air, and they just simply didn't. Um, who who knows what's really going on in Denver? I mean, they kind of need a quarterback. They kind of need a head coach. They kind of need an owner. No one really knows who that general manager was until he actually got the job. So who's to say where like the direction of this team is even going in? You know, I think there's a lot of things up in the air right now. And to be honest, I think they would have ruined Justin Fields as well. So like, I mean, Matt Nagy is doing his darndest to, to do that as well. But I mean, like the quarterback situation, if I'm a quarterback uh, in any upcoming draft, I am just like hoping to Lord Jesus Christ. I hope they, they do not pick me because they ruin quarterbacks. And like, I mean, we saw Teddy Bridgewater have a lot of success last year in Carolina. And then uh, he, he looks uh, a little lost now. I don't, I don't want any quarterback that I like being drafted into any situation with the Broncos in uh, any situation ever. No, thank you. It's also like a tough gig to hire to, right? So like, imagine you're a head coaching prospect, right? And the pitch for the Broncos job is our ownership is in court right now. So we, (laughs) we really don't have any stability there. Um, You have to play Patrick Mahomes twice a year, every single year. You have to play Justin Herbert twice a year, every single year. Derek Carr looks like he's starting to figure out how to play NFL football. Now you get to play him every year, twice a year. The Broncos are like the toughest spot in the league. And you're the one team in the division that doesn't have a quarterback. And one of two who don't have a top five quarterback right now. So like, it's, it's a pretty bad job right now. I I think, I I don't know if they're going to can Fangio. Um, He's not that high on like the first coach fired rankings right now, which is, it's still funny to me that first coach fired is still alive. Like we're pretending John Gruden like actually resigned. He got he got canned. I, I don't understand why yeah. that one did didn't check out. But just a just a weird franchise right now. I they seem rudderless. You know, I I think that's kind of what we're seeing, and that's the most disappointing part. It's like, what is the plan? What is the future? Yeah, I, I think Fangio is definitely going to climb on that first coach fired list after it was he was coasting off the three and zero start. Now he's dropped four in a row and they just look terrible. They can't even figure out whether or not they should just play Javante Williams more than Melvin Gordon, even though we all know they obviously should. Like they've both been fantasy assets this year, but Javante Williams is clearly an awesome player. I think their offense would be better if they just gave him a full RB one workload. So we'll continue to be frustrated with that offense. I'm sure moving forward, but it is absolutely bye week hell in week seven of the NFL season, the Buffalo Bills, Dallas Cowboys, Jacksonville Jaguars, Minnesota Vikings, Pittsburgh Steelers, and Los Angeles Chargers are all on a bye. Take I, a breath, Stephen. Take a breath. That's that's a lot of football teams that are not playing this week. It's by far the worst bye week of the season. And, you know, you're missing stars like Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, James Robinson, Dalvin Cook, Deontay Johnson, Justin Herbert, Mike Williams. I'm not putting Ben in that star conversation, but Ben Roethlisberger. (laughs) It's it's bad. And so I'm curious how you guys approach it, because I've been getting asked a ton of questions. What you do about buys 
this week, uh, especially I, I'm sure in your fantasy lineups, you've got a ton of issues with bye weeks as do I and everybody else right now. Uh, so I'm curious your strategy when you approach bye week hell in week seven. This is just a week that, um, you know, in my season long leagues, I'm, you know, considering, I, I mean, literally every single one of my teams is disastrously affected. I have very high exposure to the Chargers. I have very high exposure to like the Steelers wide receivers um, and uh, lots of exposure to the Buffalo Bills. Like I am absolutely decimated, but I'm not being too hard on myself because that means uh, that I have a lot of studs. (laughs) I have a lot of studs in my roster. Um, And I I mean, that's what hurts the most about this is the, the, studs the offensive opportunities that uh most of these teams have i'm not i'm not looking to shake the boat too much shake the boat uh that's that's a new term that i just came up with i'm not looking to rock the boat uh i'm i'm looking to um you know stay composed don't do not trade uh away like key assets just to fill your bye week needs um if you need to take the l this week i do it uh, don't trade away one of these studs on a buy just to make it buy. Yeah, I, I don't play like uh, redraft leagues, really. Like I, I have some Devi leagues and some uh, dynasty leagues. Uh, the Devi leagues are just degeneracy, pure degeneracy. But um, I would say don't mess up your playoff hopes just to try to win this game, right? I mean, Keep an eye on on what the actual goal is here. If if you're losing out on some of these guys, one, you probably drafted a pretty good team, and then two, you're probably going against someone who's going through the exact same thing. So, my, right now might be the time to like be the buyer on the waiver market instead of being the seller. You know, don't don't hurt yourself just because a guy's on a buy. Keep keep them on your team, get them ready for the playoffs, and if someone else dumps someone just because they're on a buy, maybe you should be picking them up. Yeah, and if you've got a ton of bye weeks, but you don't necessarily have that like bottom of the roster filler guy that you want to drop, if you don't think you're going to win this week, I would just not do it. Like I, I don't want to dump talented players at the bottom of my roster just to pick up a kicker or something and, and, and try to just fill that roster spot to get a couple of extra points. I'm, I'm much more likely in a week like this where like, you know, I'm starting Sony Michelle and Ramondre Stevenson in several leagues and just kind of hoping that the matchups mean that they'll get an opportunity to score a touchdown and, and get me by. So you have to do things like that. But then when I look at my wide receiver matchups, I, I'm much more likely to take chances on big time sleepers with like high upside, like uh, Rondale Moore, who has been up and down, but when he's hit, he's been fantastic. So I'm putting him into my lineup this week. So you have to kind of address it like that. Like t- take some chances with the high upside and, you know, don't don't risk future prospects for a guy that is going to get you like three points and because it's probably not going to make that big of a difference anyway. Uh, I want to get into this Kansas City Chiefs in Tennessee Titans game real quick because this game loaded fantasy wise. Uh, we think two really bad defenses. The Chiefs had a okay half against a Washington football team, but I, I certainly don't believe in the Chiefs defense after that one half of football this season. Obviously, you're starting Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, 
you're going to start Travis Kelsey. And I think you got to start Daryl, Daryl Williams after what he did uh, last week. But I'm curious how you guys feel going against a Tennessee Titans secondary that's given up the most yards to wide receivers in the NFL this season. How you feel about some of those other secondary Chiefs options, some more you know, like sleeper plays, big time uh, dart throw plays if they hit like I was just talking about to get you through your bye week. That's a really interesting matchup because each one of these teams can do exactly one thing right now, right? The Kansas City Chiefs can score points through the air. Tennessee just feeds um, feeds Derrick Henry on the ground until he can get it going. It's kind of like a, who can set the tempo for the game first type of matchup, right? Like, I feel like we're going to know what kind of game this is going to be within the first half. Um, very weird in general. And then the Titans, I mean, even last game, they 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 beat Buffalo. But they the first two kicks that they got, they tried to lateral them. Like, they know that they have a problem scoring early in football games because it's not until Derrick Henry starts getting going and the defenses are like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to tackle this damn Prius every single play <laughs> that that it really starts you know hurting them so i don't know if you can like hashtag establish it with derrick henry that early on like he's not getting those breakaway runs in the first quarter it's always coming in the second half so if kansas city can throw the ball and have enough success against that banged up secondary like you mentioned and poor performing secondary even when they are healthy um if they can score enough points to kind of get them out of that derrick henry script I think the Chiefs can kind of run away with it, but like that's something that we won't know until the ball game is played. You know, We're, we'll know within the first half. Like that, it'll be a game that I would bet live more than I would bet beforehand. But I would still take Kansas City as it stands right now. And the like the the whole point uh, about you know trying to figure out who are we trusting in these matchups. Like these are the kind of things that I'm looking to exploit in a week like this where. Uh, waivers are sparse. Like, I mean, there are some of my dynasty leagues where I'm literally struggling to fill a full lineup. Uh, you know, in these these uh, leagues where I've got maybe uh, you know three wide receivers and three flex spots, uh, I'm I'm maybe down a couple of men. And this is kind of the opportunity where I look uh, and and see who's available because I mean Demarcus Robinson probably on your dynasty waiver wire. Uh, Byron Pringle, probably on your waiver wire. And it's like touchdown roulette with these guys. And that's what, you know, that's what the Tennessee Titans are giving up the most. Um, they are just leaking touchdowns all over the place. So I'm willing to take a shot on this uh, on, on one of these guys. Since Demarcus Robinson just got his, I'm going to pivot to Byron Pringle just to uh, shake things up a little bit. But I think like this is, these are the kinds of things that you have to do to exploit uh, you know, the right matchups in this situation. And you know, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to score points, maybe just a matter of when uh, and how good they look doing it. But I mean, you gotta, you gotta trust Patrick Mahomes, uh, especially against the the Titans defense. So if I'm the Chiefs headed into this game, like I'm assuming we're just going to give up 150 yards to Derrick Henry. Like, like if I'm the Chiefs Easily. defense, and I'm sure they don't think that, but the last couple of times they've played the Titans in the regular season, Derrick Henry has got for over 150 yards against them and just absolutely destroyed them. And those defenses were better than this defense. So if I'm the Chiefs offense this week, I'm playing this game 
the way everybody else plays against Kansas City. Like, I'm going for it on fourth downs. I am doing everything I absolutely can to get touchdowns this week against this Titans team, and I'm trying to put up 40 points. Like, And I think that's the way the Chiefs are going to approach it. So, yeah, I think all of those secondary wide receivers for the Chiefs could be in play as you know deep dart throws who ha- definitely have potential to score this week because Patrick Mahomes is going to throw all over that secondary. Uh, as far as the Titans go, it sounds like Julio Jones is going to play. He, he says he's feeling good. He's ready to go for Sunday's matchup. So I'd expect him to be out there. I think you got to play him against the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, A.J. Brown was dealing with uh, food poisoning this week, but it sounds like he's going to be able to go. So, and he name dropped it too. Chipotle. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I yeah, apologize to Chipotle. It was but... Chipotle? Yeah. yeah. No. He called him out. He said uh, Chipotle actually like reached out to him and is trying to fix the situation. But make, said, make right. I'm not sure what more they could do to fix the situation yeah. um, outside of like uh, potent IV fluids and Gatorade. But like, you know what? If I got free, chi- I don't care. I don't care what kind of food poisoning I got. If I got free Chipotle for the rest of my life, um, I'd, I'd use it. But maybe I'm alone there. So I had it one time I had a listener who worked at a chipotle he was like a a manager at a chipotle uh you know commented on on a twitter status or whatever it was a huge fan of the podcast network and stuff like that and he just came and dropped off a bag of like 50 of these chipotle freebie gift card things like you just put in the promo code and then chipotle app i ate chipotle for free for months it was oh my god what a legend there we go it was brag. Yeah, it was uh, it was one of the coolest moments of my life, really. And did you get any food poisoning? No, I have Ooh. eaten a lot of Chipotle and I've never gotten food poisoning. So if AJ there Brown wants Clip to that Chipotle, give him the sponsorship. Yeah, there you go. If AJ Brown wants to pass up on that deal, I'll happily take it over. I, I, I got no problem. <laughs> uh, Giants running back Saquon Barkley and wide receiver Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony are all out this Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. Tight end Evan Ingram, John Ross, and Sterling Shepard, and uh, Darius Slayton are all questionable. It's bad. It's just really bad for the Giants offense this weekend. So with all of that uh, in consideration, does that make you, in this rough week of buys, Consider my guy Sam Darnold for a nice bounce back game against the New York Giants. Mm. Mm. <laughs> okay, so now, all right, fine, mm. we can move on. We don't have to talk about Sam. Um, Darnold. I mean, you know what? Like, you might be in the like. I just always think it, I, I think I need to just stop talking about Sam Darnold because I just don't, I don't understand the upside. We've seen just how low how low he can go, right? Um, I mean, the Giants, like, it's a nice matchup. So theoretically, um, he should he should do just fine. Uh, they haven't allowed a lot against, uh, like, you know, in terms of rushing, but they didn't face uh, many rushing quarterbacks either. They uh, gave up uh, six rushes for 28 rushing yards, two touchdowns, which was nice to Taysom Hill. But outside of that, there's really been nobody that, to really test that mobile quarterback uh, and you know, they've got Jalen hurts on the schedule in week 12, but we haven't really seen uh, you know, just what these rushing quarterbacks can do with a la Sam Darnold. Um, but I do think like that's going to be the only way he's going to actually 
Vanosh is a QB one, and I'm probably going to eat my words, Chipotle style. <laughs> I, this game is gross. I, I'm going to yeah. be mad that it's even on red zone, frankly. Um, <laughs> I, I don't like this at all. You're uh, making the assumption that either of these teams is going to sniff the red zone justice. Oh man, that's true. How many, how many shutouts have we had in the league this year? It's like only two, right? So hopefully one of them gets a score at least, but yeah, it's, it's <laughs> gross. Yeah. I think, uh, the bills had both of those shutouts, right? Again, against really terrible football teams. So if you had to choose between Sam Darnold or Geno Smith, like it's just absolutely barren. Who would you pick? It's Sam Darnold, right? It's easily it Sam Darnold. Yeah, the Russian touchdowns alone, right? <laughs> yeah. So if, yeah, so in a worst case scenario where you're down to Geno Smith and Sam Darnold, you go with Sam Darnold. This is a <laughs> sick world that you're describing right now. I hope no one's in this position where they have to decide between Sam Darnold and Geno Smith this week. And oh. yet somebody is in this position. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm so sorry. Um, I hope we, we steer you the right way. Oh, it's probably me in the Dynasty League this week. Whoops. Yeah, I have to decide between Sam Darnold and Geno Smith. We're not uh, setting your lineups for you, Steven. You're like, <laughs> you got to pay for this, all this good advice. I'm like, you know what? I'll roll, I'll roll with Sam Darnold this week. Um, I was going to do Sam. Uh, yeah. I, gotta, it gotta, doesn't gotta, feel good, though. Got to roll with my guy. Uh, I want to talk about the Baltimore Ravens running backs. For a second, Latavius Murray, super questionable for this game. It sounds like he's probably not going to play. Uh, Tyson Williams, who looked really good in the first couple of weeks of the season, has just been active and not getting reps. Now Devontae Freeman's getting a lot of snaps, and they elevated Le'Veon Bell from the practice squad, and he got some run last week. Are you willing to trust any Ravens running backs in any scenario this week? You might have to just based on like the current landscape of things. Um, I still want to know what's going on with Tyson Williams because he's uh, still the best looking running back for me. But clearly there's some sort of um, there's some sort of internal incident that the Baltimore Ravens do not want to put him on the football field. Um, I mean, if you need a spot start and like these are the best options available um, again, you're looking to exploit. Uh, some of these, uh, you know, more ideal situations when you're in a bye week hell such as this, and you know, they're one of the best rushing teams in the NFL. So it's swinging for the fences, but it's better than having a zero in your in your spot, uh, in your RB spot, usually, usually better, not always, but usually. I think the Ravens are so hard because they're one of the unique cases of like when they what we're trying to figure out, right, is like. When teams run the ball, why do they want to run the ball? That's how we can kind of target these backs and stuff. Well, when Baltimore runs a the ball, they run the ball so that Lamar Jackson can pull it and get on the edge real quick. So it, <laughs> it's unlike any other situation in the league. So I kind of think, yeah, I mean, to your point, it's it's better than a zero. Um, there's certainly volatility in, in this Ravens run game because like any of these guys can get a goal line score and then you have an egg on your face for having that guy on the bench. Um, but it's just, I, I can't, I can't pin the tail on the donkey here. I don't, I don't <laughs> your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. yeah it's just I, a touchdown roulette machine. Uh, they spin the wheel, uh, just before every game. And I, I think that's how they, they start, uh, you know, choosing, making their lineup decisions. 
on game day. Uh, they spin the wheel and see what happens. And, I, but you know what? Like, it's a nice wheel to spin. Like, you know, it, it, this is what we're living with. These are the decisions we have to live with. I will say if I have to pick one, I'd probably roll with Devonta Freeman just because I think that um, he he seems to be like in line for the bulk of, uh, you know, the the carries, I would assume. Let's let's roll with that. I'm yeah. Team I, Devonta. I, I... I think Freeman is the answer. I just want to know what happened with Tyson Williams. Like he was so good in the first couple of weeks of the season. I, and I, I just don't understand. He, he peed on. in somebody's Cheerios um, <laughs> to be uh, quite frank. Like there's, there's no other explanation. Yeah, I mean, did he just get overconfident and he pissed the wrong person off in the Ravens organization or something? I, I, I don't know, but. Uh, I, I have an XFL story for you since you guys uh, talked about P two different times. Uh, I don't think I don't think <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever told this uh, before. We had a player who won uh, player of the game for his team on his side of the ball. On the flight back, he threw a bottle of piss on a stewardess somehow. Never got the full answer on why this happened. I just was like, he won player of the game on Sunday. <laughs> Why is he waved on Monday? And that was the answer that I got. And then I tried to pick at it. And the answer was like, no one wants to talk about this. at all. <laughs> So I don't know. Weird stuff happens. I mean, guys like break curfew sometimes. A lot of a lot of the doghouse stuff that you see in the NFL is because guys are breaking curfew and just kind of like not treating it like they're professionals, basically. Um but yeah, I mean, since since we brought up P, I had to bring up. But my yeah, story. so it, apparently this has happened before. <laughs> There's precedent. There's precedent. There's precedent here. Um, I feel like if you uh, justice, if if you still want to uncover the rest of that story, I have a feeling the stewardess might have a few words. Uh, so if we could track her down, that would we be great. We got to hunt her down. We got to find her uh, and ask her if she's ever had an incident with Tyson Williams. And P. So, <laughs> well, uh, well, should we talk yeah. more about fantasy football? <laughs> what a moment for uh, our brand. Uh, that brings us to our first NFL reacts question of the day. Who will win MVP Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, or the field? 58% of the audience say Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, or Dak Prescott. 42% say the field. Uh, we picked these three quarterbacks because uh, it's, in my opinion, they're the three front runners for MVP right now. In my opinion, Lamar Jackson is the NFL MVP at the moment. But how do you guys feel about the results? Do you feel like we're leaving somebody out? Like, is there a blasphemous name that's not grouped with those three quarterbacks? I'm actually really surprised this isn't more tilted because um, it, like, uh, Stephen, I'm in agreement with you, Lamar Jackson, just with the way that um, he's, he's been passing this season. Uh, he hasn't needed to do everything with his legs, but he's, he's still obviously able to do so. Um, Lamar Jackson is like the clear cut answer for me, but I, I can't think of any name that would be egregious enough, uh, you know, uh, egregiously left out of this group of Kyler Lamar and Dak that 42% of people would say the field, what is the name? There has to be one name that folks are hanging their hats on. Uh, so who is it? Here it comes. Cause I, I, I got two names, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford. Those are the two that I would go with. Um, Brady's still having a great season. And then Stafford just 
as a progression passer, like strip away the play action, all that stuff. Stafford might be having the best progression passing season um, of any person in the league right now. And I think that's something that's a little bit more consistent than like the, the leg flashes that you see from like Kyler and uh, Lamar. I, I would, if I were voting right now, I would say Dak Prescott absolutely at this point in the season should be the NFL MVP. He should run away with comeback player of the year. It shouldn't even be a question at this point. What he's doing is like, it really does feel like Drew Brees plus more arm strength plus more mobility. And that should frighten the hell out of every NFC East team for the next decade. Um, But I think what Stafford can do down the line, I think he can kind of close that gap, especially if he can have some big performances against the NFC West. Um, We know that they're quality opponents and I know everyone's going to point to that Arizona game and that Arizona game. He certainly did have just missed throws on guys that were open deep. Um, They could have won that game and they fell short in part because of what Matt Stafford did. But I think down the line, he can absolutely get this award. And I, I wonder how much people are going to push for him too, because he's kind of like the new shiny thing, right? Where if Aaron Rodgers plays as well, yeah, as he has since week two down the line, well, he just won an MVP. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, if he looks great down the line, well, his team hasn't won enough and he's already won an MVP recently. Tom Brady has his ring. So who's the flashy new guy? Because voters love to give it to the flashy new guy. And that's probably Dak. That's probably Stafford, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that plays into this stuff a ton, which is why it's probably going to hurt Lamar Jackson's chance because he just won one. Uh, I think he's just been the most valuable player in football this season, and I don't think the Ravens would be a good football team if Lamar Jackson wasn't just playing absolutely out of his mind. But yeah, the same can be said for Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray, which is why we picked those three quarterbacks. Uh, I think they should all be the front runners. And I, I don't disagree with justice. Matthew Stafford is definitely having a nice season and definitely deserves to be in the conversation there. But with that, let's get to our pick three. Pick me. One, two, three. Pick one. On three. Pick three presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Pick three is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. We do this each and every week. Uh, Me and Kate each give you one quarterback, one running back, and one wide receiver that we think you should build your DraftKings lineups around to try to get the most value, try to get you those uh, those huge money contests, get some cash, win some lineups. And then Justice gives you his favorite three bets of the weekend from the DraftKings Sportsbook. Kate, your favorite quarterback of week seven. I'm rolling with Aaron Rodgers, who has not been like the sexiest quarterback. He's only the quarterback 12 so far in the season, which uh, kind of it, like it doesn't feel right. We should see a higher ceiling here for Aaron Rodgers. But uh, you got to look at the matchup here for this one. He's $7,500 on DraftKings this week going against the Washington football team who are just like abysmal, abysmal through the air. This defense I had them pegged for just like a killer, killer season, and they're not putting it all together. But I mean, this man, this defense has just been absolutely atrocious, allowing 25 or more fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. And 
uh, four out of their six matchups this season. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, 24.98 fantasy points. So we are literally just missing the cusp of the 25-point mark. And that was with two touchdowns and two interceptions. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be uh, turning the ball over too much, but they've allowed three different quarterbacks, four touchdown performances. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a fantastic week, uh, and I think he's going to be worth the 7,500 rather than uh, maybe you know paying up for a, a Mahomes or, or what have you. Um, I'll take the the 7,500 here and hope that we get a a nice performance out of Aaron Rodgers with this matchup. I'm absolutely sold on Aaron Rodgers the rest of the season. As soon as he starts telling entire fan bases that he owns them, I am <laughs> I, I am with you and I believe it's a vibe. Yeah. So. Twelve twenty two and the Bears still suck. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I uh, love the Aaron Rodgers pick. My quarterback is Atlanta Falcons QB, Matt Ryan. Uh, the Falcons offense as a whole outside of Cordero Patterson has been kind of a disappointment in fantasy football this year. Uh, but Ryan's been serviceable. He's had a couple of decent games and he gets the Dolphins defense this week. They've been a major letdown. They were supposed to be uh, really on the rise defense in the NFL. And they've given up 12 passing touchdowns on their five game losing streak. So I actually really like Matt Ryan. He's coming in at a decent price tag on DraftKings. Your pick three running back, Kate. All right, here I'm going with Daryl Henderson and this matchup, like it's, it's been really toying with my head because this game, um, I love the narratives from all of like, I'm surprised we didn't hit on this earlier. I didn't even think to add it to our show sheet, but like the lions Rams matchup sounds like just such a fun fun game. And I, I think there's just so much opportunity for the Rams through the air and on the ground, but Daryl Henderson coming in at $6,600 this week on DraftKings, and they are facing a lions rushing defense that can't do nothing against nobody. Uh, this is like a, a, one of the best values. I think uh, period you have Sony Michelle banged up. The Lions are allowing the six most rushing yards, the fourth most rushing touchdowns to the running back position. And they are tied for the, uh, the most uh, receiving touchdowns to the running back position. I think he's a great value. And I think that there's going to be uh, a lot of, a lot of points scored by the Rams in this outing. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Daryl Henderson got involved in the receiving game in a big way last week. Uh, love Daryl Henderson. My pick three running back this week is James Connor. Connor is coming in at only 5,600 on DraftKings. They get the Houston Texans, and this game has all the makings of a blowout. Uh, Chase Edmonds has yet to score this season. He's been really banged up, been kind of a major fantasy letdown. And Connor is on the rise. He's got five touchdowns in the last four games. So I absolutely love his value at 5,600. I think he's a guy you can really build, a, build around and, and a good matchup against the Houston Texans. Uh, Kate, your pick three wide receiver. All right, I'm rolling with Chris Godwin who is sitting at $5,900, despite the fact that, uh, you know, we're seeing him perform at a top, top uh, performing uh, just offense in general. But we have Antonio Brown out. We have uh, Rob Gronkowski already been confirmed out. I think this is such a prime opportunity for a wide receiver who's already um, getting his lion's share of targets. It hasn't really felt like it, um, but he, Mike Evans, and Antonio Brown all enter this week with, uh, pretty similar stat lines. I do think that uh, that concentration of targets is going to help 
uh, Chris Godwin, get over that hump. And I love the price tag of $5,900 because you know he is capable of uh, returning top five value um, at the wide receiver position. My pick three wide receiver is Chiefs wide receiver McCole Hardman. I really like Kate's pick of Byron Pringle. I think the Chiefs are going to have multiple guys score touchdowns in this game, but I'm a little bit more confident in McCole Hardman. We've seen his target share rise the last couple of weeks, ha- just happened to coincide with the Chiefs bringing in Josh Gordon. So McCole Hardman's been playing better. He's been a little bit more consistent. And he's still only $4,300. So I like McCole Hardman to break a long touchdown this week. I think he's going to have a good game and a high-scoring matchup with the Tennessee Titans. Justice, your top three picks from the DraftKings Sportsbook. So I'm going to start this out with the Philadelphia Eagles at the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are two-and-a-half-point home favorites. Did you guys see uh, Josh Josh Jacobs' comments this week talking about Gruden? He was like, it's kind of nice with a sideline where a guy isn't just <laughs> screaming all the time. So it seems like they might have a little bit of pep in their step and more people than just people in the media were, were tired of Gruden's stuff. So I think they have a big quarterback advantage here. I don't understand why it's only two-and-a-half points, frankly. Um, I think Carr is playing a whole lot better than Jalen Hurts. We've talked about Hurts before. It's kind of he's going to do stuff for you in fantasy, but on the football field, it's a little bit different. So I'm taking the Raiders there. Next game, I uh, want to remind you, it's 12:27. The Bears still suck. Uh, Washington football team is at the Green Bay Packers. The Packers actually opened up as double-digit favorites. Now they're only down. They're down to seven and a half right now. Washington's defensive backs—they have a lot of talent in the secondary. The problem is that none of them match up well. Like William Jackson's a press guy. Fuller is a guy you want to play zone with eyes on the ball. And then Landon Collins is basically a linebacker at this point. It doesn't really make sense why why they would make that secondary in the way that they have. And they're just getting gashed for it. And it doesn't matter how good that front is. So with David Bakhtiari come uh, potentially coming back this week um, and potentially suiting up on Sunday, I feel really good about the Packers. Um, last week against the Bears, they had the highest EPA per play. Um, even though they only scored like 24 points. The reason for it was they only got like six possessions. So as long as they don't murk this game up, I think Green Bay can run away with it. And then Kansas City is a uh, five-point road favorite at Tennessee. We talked about them already. This over set at 57 and a half. I don't know how Tennessee gets there. I mean, this is a team that attempted two laterals on kicks last week. I want to remind you guys that. Um, That's very weird. And then, you know, what they do in the passing game is kind of odd too when they have to get out of under center, which – if Kansas City gets a two point uh, two score lead, they're going to have to do it. They get Blasting Game out there, who's a 233 pounder with eight receptions and zero rushes in his NFL career. That guy's a fullback, and he's your third down running back to kind of spell Derrick Henry. That's very weird, and it, you're basically just plus one whenever they're passing from the gun. So I feel good about Kansas City. As long as they can get up two scores, I think they can just roll away with it. That is our pick three presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook. We need to take a quick time out, but when we get back, we're going to take a look at new Cardinals tight end Zach Ertz and try to figure out if Nick Sirianni is actually telling the truth about Miles Sanders this week. That's coming up next on NFL Reacts. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Y'all about to get ready to roll, man. So y'all put the kids to bed. I'm getting one more. Over, under. I'm betting on myself. Across the board. Welcome back into NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride, joined as always by Kate Majuk of DK Nation, as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. This week is the first week we're going to see former Eagles tight end, now new Cardinals tight end Zach Ertz in action for the undefeated Arizona Cardinals. Uh, we already talked about their nice matchup against the Houston Texans. Are you guys willing to put Zach Ertz into your lineup and just hope that he gets involved in the offense right away? Smash, yes. Absolutely. I think this is such a, uh, well, just the matchup in general, especially to the tight end position. Uh, just so much upside here uh, for Zach Ertz. They're along the second most fantasy points to the tight end position. Um, and like the the upside here when you're looking at this undefeated team um you know obviously they've come out with a stronger defensive effort than anyone would have projected but i mean this offense is just so uh so hard to slow down so hard to stop um you know since week 4 they've allowed four uh touchdowns to the tight end position i'm i'm all in i think that Zachert's like it i'm i'm banking on a touchdown this week um, and I do think that, you know, he's going to do more. At, you look at Max, Max Williams uh, had three and a half targets per game, which isn't a huge volume, but I think Zach Ertz is a better tight end uh, than Max Williams. I think he's going to command, um, you know, at least five or six targets. And I do think he's capable to do a lot more with them. Yeah. They're just such different tight ends that I, I don't even really think it's comparable. I mean, Ertz is basically a receiver um, calling him a tight end is, a little bit disingenuous, I would think. Like, how often is is Zach Ertz going to line up in a three-point stance for the Arizona Cardinals? It's not happening. Arizona is one of the few teams that actually runs full-blown 10 personnel with four wide receivers on the field. That usually doesn't happen in the NFL, and they're willing to do it. So I would assume that he's going to be used more as a wide receiver. And if you're going to do that, essentially what you're doing is the benefit of having Zach Ertz on the field is he is a giant wide receiver, right? 
he's going to be a giant wide receiver the moment he walks into that field. So what does he really need to learn? Um, I think it's going to be pretty simple too, because it, talking to anyone about that cliff offense, I mean, it's pretty bare bones, you know, that that's kind of one of the benefits that cliff brings to the table is that we're calling like a few plays and we're calling them over and over and over again. So I, I would assume that the learning curve uh, isn't too steep, especially since he's already been there for a full week. And the trick is to get open. And like, that's, that's literally what this offense uh, makes money on is getting open. That's how uh, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury gets uh, all of this, uh, you know, gets to move the ball as easily as he does. Cause I mean, he's got so many uh, different, uh, he's just got so many different options there. Um, Obviously you got to worry about like the, the whole roulette situation we've got, we've got, Christian Kirk, we've got all of these different, uh, different receivers, Rondale Moore, any one of them can go off, but justice, like you said, I'm going to take the one that's like the biggest wide receiver on the field. Basically. Uh, I really, I love Zach Ertz. I really do. And that brings us to our next NFL reacts poll. Will the Arizona Cardinals finish with at least 15 wins this year? 14% of the audience say yes. 86% say no. So the last undefeated team in football, the NFL reacts community has no faith that they can get <laughs> at least 15 wins this season. I don't either. Uh, like I'm not, I'm not buying it. And I, I don't know what they would have to do to show me uh, or for me to actually believe that they could be this team. Cause they've got, a lot of a lot of the pieces. I guess I'm still waiting for the fallout of the defense. Um, like I said, they've been better than I think anybody projected. I projected them to be uh, really a, a you know a poor poor secondary, and they've been better than any of us would have thought. I'm still waiting for the fallout there, and maybe that's where my my trust doesn't lie because I mean this offense is just so good uh, that you know you would imagine this kind of offense would be an undefeated team. Uh, it's, it's just the defense that I'm not sold on yet. Yeah. And they've had some close games too. I mean, they beat Minnesota by one, they beat the Niners, uh, by a touchdown two weeks ago. So I understand that they've had some pretty big wins, you know, on the road against the Rams on the road against the Browns, but it didn't Even look the like Jaguars Baker. made it a game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there so, was the Jags had no business <laughs> projecting them, projecting them to go nine and two. Uh, down the stretch. I mean, people would have looked at you silly if you would have done that after even, you know, week two or week three. So I, I'm not necessarily buying that they're this juggernaut. We, I think we also need to remember they are playing the NFC West and they are playing the NFC North. And if Justin Fields looks good down the line, that's another quarterback, you know, on their schedule. They have Aaron Rodgers on a Thursday night football t- quick turnaround. I don't think that that's going to be as nice for them, especially with a young defense um, as many would project. So I don't know. I'm I'm not really buying it. I understand Kyler's playing very good. You can't take away anything Arizona's done this season, but to project them as like, they're the number one team in the NFL. I don't, I, I'm not going to rubber stamp that one yet. Just yet. Yeah. 15 feels like a lot, but if it seems pretty feels, high for a cliff Kingsbury uh, yeah. led football team. I don't know. And, you know, and they, they won last week without Cliff. We haven't really had the Cliff game yet where Cliff cost him a victory, and I feel like we're going to see that at least once or twice before the season's over. So 15 seems awfully high, especially in that division. The Eagles 
promised this week, they promised us they are going to run the ball with Miles Sanders. In his last four games, Sanders has just 29 rushing attempts. Uh, just to put it in perspective, Derrick Henry basically surpasses that total like every week, what Miles <laughs> Sanders has done in the last four games. Uh, but he's been effective when he's gotten the ball. We've seen a large enough sample size to know that the Eagles aren't very good at passing the football now. So are we deploying Miles Sanders finally after most fantasy managers had just put him on the bench and forgotten about him? And are we hoping that he finally gets that workload now? I am. Um, and honestly, some of this comes down to not just uh, them, them wanting to get Miles Sanders involved. I think like if you are going to put Jalen Hurts in a position to succeed, you need to establish the run. Like it is very clear we cannot rely on Jalen Hurts hero ball, though it works for fantasy. It does not work uh, for your NFL teams. You cannot uh, you don't win games that way by uh, racking up everything in the fourth quarter. They need some consistency, and I do think establishing the run. You have two very capable running backs between Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell. Um, even if you rotate them through, I, I think you're going to get a lot of rushing efficiency. It opens up things for Jalen Hurts. I just think uh, from a coaching standpoint, to get to get this team stimulated, that's what makes the most sense. Um, not that we should all believe in rational coaching, but I think this is a good, good opportunity and the upside so high. The, the weird thing to me is why are you picking this game? You know, we're talking about the Las Vegas Raiders with Gus Bradley, who we know is just going to play with the drop down safety every single play. So the league is moving to kind of a two safety structure and you want to establish the ball against a guy, the, like the one guy you can point to who is still just stacking the box. It doesn't really make sense, you know? It doesn't make sense, but my hope, my hope is just that I guess they strike more of a balance here because it's not like we haven't seen Miles Sanders run the ball. We have seen him, uh, I mean, in uh, what, week one, saw 15 carries. We saw him get a little bit of work, right? And it's just been slowly, slowly drifting off since, but I think he just looks too good. Uh, not to get him more involved. And the best part is he's actually been, you know, targeted at, at a pretty steady rate. Uh, so I think the targets base, uh, you know, just helped to lift up that floor a little bit. But um, I, I think, you know, maybe if they can't get him going in the run game, maybe they will target him a little bit more um, and, and at least just utilize all that talent because he looks incredible. Yeah, we're we're trusting you this week, Nick. You and those stupid highlighters. We're gonna believe what you have <laughs> to say, and we're gonna put Miles Sanders in our lineup. He better have at least fifteen carries because we can't fool do this. Fool me anymore. once, shave on me. Fool me twice, shame on. Uh, wait, I did that wrong. Fool me once, shame on Nick Sirianni. Fool me twice, shame on me. That's that's my. I'm gonna get that tattooed to my forehead. Um, as a reminder, not to fall for these gimmicks if uh, if he lets me down one more time because I can't take it. My heart can't take it. I think you're like like three or four forehead tattoos in this season already. <laughs> I probably am. We're running uh, well, out I of need, like, They're all so ugly. I need to get more and more tattoos to like just you know cover up. Like you know how you get uh, those those tattoos to cover up the really bad ones. That's, I'm just putting tattoo on tattoo on tattoo to get rid of all my, all my crappy takes. 
So yeah, that's what's on the line this weekend, Nick. So so just give Miles Sanders the ball, please. Uh, we we just want to see him thrive. We just want to see that rushing attack and what it looks like when you have a rushing quarterback and a fantasy relevant running back. It'll be more fun for everybody. The Eagles fans will enjoy it. Just just make it happen, Nick. That, that that's all we ask. So please put Miles Sanders in your lineup and give him plenty of carries. But. This has been NFL Reacts. Thank you guys so much for listening each and every week. You can follow Kate on Twitter at FFBallBlast. You can follow Justice at J-U-M-O-S-Q. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. Go win your fantasy matchups. Go win some money. We'll talk to you guys next week. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.